Before we begin, we'd like to apologise for Mark's audio quality on this podcast. We didn't realise there was an error with the microphone until after we'd finished recording. We hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless, though. It's it's fairly normal when we go to introduce the first dance that the bride and groom can't be found. They're either at the bar, they're in the toilet, and a lot of the times they can be found in the bridal suite. Uh, on one particular occasion we couldn't find the groom, and yes, we did find him in the bridal suite with... Welcome to the Yes To I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hi there and welcome to Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast with myself, Chris Piercy, and uh, my co-host as always is uh, Jack Brister. Say hello, Jack. Hello, Jack. Uh, you see, you did what I did in the last show. I thought it was funny, so I thought I'd do it again. That, that's right, that's how it works with jokes. Repetitions of a joke always makes it funny, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no! Bing! Oh, oh, oh no, we were less than a minute in. A minute in, well, no, not even. 25 seconds in and Jack fails on absolutely bingo straight away so that's one we are playing again um, Jack is absolutely distraught already this is fantastic uh, so I'm also here uh, we've been interrupted by Jack uh, playing uh, absolutely bingo without even starting I'm joined by uh, Mark Gerard you say hello Mark and uh, yeah what's up what's yes do I do all about Jack uh, yes to I Do is your wedding planning podcast. Uh, every week we have a special guest come on to talk about their uh, their subject. So today we've got Mark on. He's going to be talking about DJing and having a disco. Uh, and then we move into a subject of uh, our guest's choice. <coughs> Excuse me. Today we're going to be talking about uh, what else your wedding supplier does that you perhaps would never even know about. So going above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, and then we move into our quickfire questions where we get down to the nitty gritty, find out exactly what you need to know to plan the best wedding day possible. Completely correct in every single way. And why should people listen to us, particularly Jack? What makes us uh, a source of uh, valuable information? I have no idea, Chris. I mean, if people have listened to this many episodes, they must know we don't know what we're talking about. But we find the right people who do. Uh, <laughs> no, Chris and I are both uh, professional wedding magicians. I'm based up here in Norfolk. Uh, and Chris is based down in Dorset, in Weymouth. And uh, yeah, we go around weddings, performing during the, the drinks reception, perhaps during the breakfast, or even into the evening reception as well, uh, making sure that your guests have uh, the most amount of entertainment possible in your wedding day. That's entirely true as well. You're, you're, you're on it today with your factual information. I do so without, without further ado, uh, that uh, leads us to be introducing our special guest today, who is uh, Mark Jarrett. He runs uh, Pegasus Discus. How are you today, Mark? Oh, I'm very well, thanks, Chris. And yourself? Um, I'm very well. Good. And uh, have, we, have we asked how Jack is? Uh, I mean, yet. I'm a little bit annoyed that I said absolutely within 25 seconds. But apart from that, Bing. it's all good. Oh, that doesn't count. Okay, fine. But apart from that, I'm doing okay. You, you do look like, like a little bit upset, like genuinely, like you're angry with yourself. I Let am it go, angry with myself. Yeah, I feel like I should have known better. You should have done. Uh, back, back to Mark. He's our special guest. Uh, Mark has been a is uh, a, a stalwart of the uh, the wedding industry. How, how many years have you been in weddings for now, Mark? Twenty eight years and counting. So 28 years, which is longer than you've been alive, Jack? It is longer than I've been alive, you're right, yeah. Uh, how, how old are you, Jack? I can't remember. Tw- I was 24 last week, a week before last. 24? Yeah. I- I've, been doing, I- I've been doing magic longer than you've been alive. That's terrifying. I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, God, it makes me feel old. I'm, I-, I am only 34, I'll point out. But, uh, yeah, 
that's uh, that's crazy. So, Mark, um, you run Pegasus Discos. Uh, one thing I've never asked you actually: um, why is it called Pegasus Discos? Good question. Um, I used to work for a multi-op firm up in Christchurch called Phoenix, and at one point they were going to be making me redundant with the option of taking on uh, their side of the business down here, which was great. Um, I came up with a slightly alternative logo to work with them, and they changed their mind at the last second. So, having spent all this time on the logo, I decided that I needed to come up with something that was going to work with what I'd already done. And it was purely a love of Greek mythology that led me to the Pegasus as opposed to the Phoenix. Well, I was not expecting that as an answer. <laughs> I was expecting something entirely different. So, uh, t- tell us about uh, DJing as a whole and how it's maybe tell us how it's changed in the in the time that you've been involved with it. It's certainly changed a lot. Um, I we joke about it that I'm classically trained, as in I started out on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to CD, which was actually a lot harder than, than you think. Um, moving from vinyl to CD, you've got to replace everything. Moving from CD to digital, you've already got everything. It's just a case of converting. Okay. It seems like you could easily think that a DJ is just a DJ because you're just like putting music together. It doesn't. It, it could seem from an outsider's perspective that there's no skill necessarily involved in that. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see what kind of skill is needed in order to kind of be a DJ and what makes you a bit different, Mark? Um, Yeah, it is something I hear a lot. Um, The the main difference, I suppose, between a DJ and an iPod is, apart from you've got human interaction, is that an iPod can't change the style of music to suit the mood of the room. It's a a fixed playlist. Um, I... I'm constantly looking around, seeing what's going on, uh, seeing if there are people that are just sat down looking bored, if there are people sat there enjoying the music that would prefer to chair dance as opposed to floor dance, um, and what can I do to encourage them out of those seats onto the dance floor. And that, and that can only come with, with experience and, and, and musical knowledge. Yeah, I was just about to say that that's the kind of thing you only really get with experience. And obviously, having been in the industry for 28 years now, you've got a huge wealth of experience when it comes to knowing exactly what music to play at the right time, rather than just having an iPod on shuffle or attached to a speaker, which is it's great. So really, you'd say that the, the skill of a DJ is in reading the room. It's all about creating the right atmosphere, that's right, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you, when I asked you about... Uh, DJ's uh, Jackie said, "Oh, normally I'm done by the time you know the the, the the DJ's about to start." What's interesting about Mark is that I think well, I've known him for just over five years now. I think it is, uh, and in that time, Mark is almost always there from the ceremony finishing because well, you've got a hashtag which you kind of um, uh, adhere to, which is a hashtag not just a DJ. That's, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's. It has evolved. Um, when I went full time, I needed to find something that would earn me more money without it costing me any extra to actually implement. So the first natural route was to start earlier in the day and be around to make all the introductions. So freeing up the venue staff to look after the venue while I'm there looking after the bride and groom and their families. 
So you kind of take on almost an MC type role within the wedding, just sort of making sure everything's running smoothly, really, uh, as well as being That's a right. DJ. Right. That's great. Yeah, so it's not a service I've seen with any other DJs before. I met Mark, I think, and I think I had a similar experience with you, Jack, that the, you know, you, if we're finishing as the kind of evening starting, then you say, oh, there's the DJ over there, and you then actually form a connection with them. Because in terms of most other wedding suppliers, I'm very well connected with however many florists, photographers, and all sorts of people. Uh, when it comes to DJs, if anyone asks for a recommendation for a DJ, Mark is more or less the only person that I really know that I could recommend because of that that level of service. Yeah, so, perfect. Thanks. Give me that five <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> perfect. Well, I think this leads us on almost perfectly into the, the main topic uh, that Mark has chosen to talk about today, which is, of course... Uh, your wedding suppliers going above and, above and beyond the call of duty and what else they do as part of the day. So what, obviously, apart from the, the kind of the emceeing side of things, Mark, what made you choose this subject to talk about today? Because, as you already pointed out, as far as you're concerned, the DJ turns up in the evening just as you're finishing, so you don't really see what we do. I'm trying to offer that full day experience and, and I want people to know that it isn't just a case of seven till midnight partying. That there are a lot of other things that we can do with the right training. Seems like a good reason as any. And I, I think that the other thing that I think is fascinating about this particular subject is the fact that you book a supplier based on what you think they're going to do. And I think that when you book a professional supplier, they are going to be, end up doing so much more for you that you, you things that you don't even think about. I mean, I've. Um, for me personally, it's things like ushering guests, pointing people in the direction of photos. If I know the venue, then I can like it's just telling people where the toilets are and, and, and simple stuff like that that you're you're only going to get if you are booking a professional supplier. So I think that, from my point of view, that side is going to be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think this goes for as I've already mentioned about Mark's business, and, and also for us, is that people think when they're booking us that we're just turning up and doing car tricks or we're just turning up and you know putting a, putting a playlist on or something like that they think that's all there is to it when in fact when you <coughs> excuse me when you book a professional you're getting so much more than that you're getting all of these little nuances that help your day stand out so i think um you know the the more professionals you can book the better because you're going to get a better level of experience and a better uh, a better day out of it, really. I couldn't agree with you more. So, uh, Mark, what would you say, other than, obviously, you're a DJ, uh, and we're pretty clear on that, uh, you offer a, a hosting service, as kind of well as I've ever seen, so hosting for the day. Um, in terms of what you do, uh, what what else is there that you can include as kind of your job title as well, or other services that, that you offer? If the couple are actually getting married in the venue as well, then um, the music for the ceremony is just as important as the music for the evening party. Uh, so again, it's another service that I offer is to actually put together their music, not just for the actual ceremony itself, but there's the half an hour before the ceremony starts when the guests are seated waiting for the bride to arrive. That should be the groom's opportunity to have a say in the music, something that will help him relax before the ceremony starts. That's not actually something I'd consider to obviously I'm quite often there during the ceremony kind of waiting around to start, but in terms of setting the mood for the groom, because the groom can often be stood at the front waiting 
for a long time. So I, I guess that if he can say to himself, you know what, I'd actually really like to listen to this song or that song or whatever song, and that's going to help through the process, then that's, that's such a great idea. And that is literally something that, despite the years that I've been involved in weddings, I hadn't actually considered at all as a as a thing. Any experience with that, Jack? Um, I mean, I haven't. Uh, I hadn't ever really thought about it because I've obviously, when I go to weddings, I've never seen a DJ guy uh, there during the ceremony. They'll generally just have the um, the venue set playlist that they they have or their CD or something that goes on. So it's nice that you're able to do that. Obviously, I've seen uh, like the odd pianist or perhaps harpist or something like that coming in and doing that music. But then that's an extra supply you have to think about and you have to get in and you have to find the right person. So if you can find a DJ that can do the evening service and the evening reception and can also do the ceremony and put together something that is going to make everyone relax and get into the right mood, I think that's just an extra thing that that saves time, effort and energy on the, the bride and groom's part, really. So I think that's a great service to offer on your part, Mark, for sure. And also, um, if I'm where I'm booked for the whole day, on those occasions I'm booked the whole day, I'm already forming the connection with the guests. I'm out there chatting to the guests during the wedding breakfast, during the drinks reception. So when it then comes to the evening party, we've already got that connection and they are, are, they're less intimidated coming up to ask for requests. So it can create a much better evening party as well. I guess you are putting down the foundations of that kind of relationship between uh, supplier and guest. And this is again going back to what Sadie was talking about in her episode, a few episodes about about creating a connection with your supplier. So I realised that we were talking then about um, a connection between the supplier and the uh, bride and groom. But, you know, couples tend to be friends with people who are their type of people. So if you... If you, as a couple, you get on with a supplier, then your friends are probably likely to get on with a supplier as well, um, by extension, I think. So, again, I think that just kind of adds into that in terms of, kind of getting that uh, getting that supplier that's going to understand you and then help your wedding. So, And that, that's where I think it's important to actually meet with your supplier before you actually book them and part of their money, to know that that connection is there and that you are going to be the right fit for them. Agree 100%. I mean, I, I don't meet with every single couple that I, uh, I deal with, so I think it depends on what level of service they are looking for, but I, I 100% believe you should talk to them on the phone, so I have a lot of people who inquire, and I on my, my contact form I say, when's the best time to phone you, and they'll quite often say, oh, please just email, and I think, how, how can you possibly get to know someone who's coming to the most important part of your day just through an email? Well, the written word Yeah, things can easily get lost in translation. So, what, what do you think about that, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer of calling everyone who inquires. Everyone who inquires with me, I arrange a phone call with them because I know that um, I want to get to know them as much as they probably want to get to know me. Because you can give options um, easier face to face or, or, or vocally than you can by email because they are back and forth and when's it going to be seen, when's it going to be replied. And you can you try to put together the timetable for their day with their you know with what they've already got planned. And yeah. You know, you, can't, you can't do that by email. Yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. I, I'm. Oh no! Bing! I did it. Oh. Um. So, <laughs> so, 
Mark, um, have you got one particular story? Oh, no, I can't believe I did it. Have you got one particular story that stands out as a, a moment where you went above and beyond the call of duty uh, at a wedding? I know we were talking about this before, and I've actually got another one um, that I didn't mention deliberately because um, I wanted to save it for this point. You tease. I know. Right, right. Um, what's this then? Um, it must have, I think it must have been about three years ago I did a wedding for a lovely couple that uh, the bride was actually from Ghana. And again, I was booked to do the whole day for them. And I actually learned how to work with her family in Ghana. Wow. Nice. That's. I mean, you're not going to get that from your. Well, you're not going to get it from your iPod, are you? That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> or from Amateur Joe's disco service. Or, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, so, is that, is that something that. Is that something that kind of. Decided off the top of your head, you're going to do? Or? Yeah, when I was, again, it came as a, as a result of actually sitting down and talking to them. Uh, I, I got on well, so well with them, I thought, what can I do that's going to set me apart, that's, mm. that's going to make them think, yeah, this is definitely the person that we want on our day. And that just sprung into my head. So, what, what, was, the, what was their reaction to when you, when you did, when you worked with them in Ghanaian? Are you sure? <laughs> Was was their their reaction um, on the day when I did it? I actually got a round of applause from her family. Wow, that's just brilliant. That's and, it, and it is the moments like that 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 stick with you and make you realise why you do the job. I guess the only issue would have been if you'd accidentally insulted them. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, it was a very simple one word. So. But uh, yeah, that's that's but it still. Yeah, that, that's, that's such a nice thing to, to, to be able to do with someone. Um, Jack, have you got any particular stories that come to mind? Um, I mean, there's I can't think, not one that springs straight to mind for me, but there's one that's kind of related to me. Um, it was a couple of years ago now, probably. One of my friends, uh, a magician, had broken down on the way to a wedding, which is like the worst thing you can imagine, and he had no way of getting there on time. Um, uh, he was about an hour away from the venue, at that point when he phoned me and said I'm not going to be able to make it are you able to cover it I was two hours away but I was the closest person he knew to that venue so he called me said can you do it within five minutes I was in a suit in the car on the way to this gig uh, and I think that that is a testament to him knowing that he's not going to be able to make it finding a replacement getting someone there which uh, you wouldn't be able to do if uh, you didn't have the if your supplier didn't have the experience or the knowledge or the contacts to be able to fill that spot when he's in such a tight position to fill it I think that kind of shows the the power of booking a professional because obviously as soon as he broke down his first thought is going to be as a professional supplier it's going to be right how am I going to sort that out and he probably thought about that before he's thinking AA service or assuming he knew that he's the car was completely not definitely not going to start again. His first thought was going to be, How am I getting this sorted? So I think that just kind of ties in really nice with that, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah, it absolutely, it does. Oh no, Dink! again, that's three. No, oh dear. Right, I'm going to move on very quickly. Chris, have you got a story uh, that, that shows you go above and beyond? Um, there's, there's a few that spring to mind. Um, I'll, I'll do both of them, but both very quickly. So, on one occasion, this was only about a couple of years ago, uh, I used to get tonsillitis quite a lot. And on one particular occasion, I was actually hospitalised with it because my throat it was so swollen it was actually closed over. So, I was on a drip in a hospital with two weddings that weekend. Um, and so, even from my hospital bed on a drip, unable to talk, I 
first thought was getting cover for those both of those weddings, which I managed to do. Um, and then, yeah, through that. And another time, um, I actually gave a, a family of four a lift home after a gig because the, the venue was in the middle of nowhere and the taxi was going to be about 30 quid. It was on my way home. I just finished. They wanted to leave. So I said, would you like a lift? And they said yes. Uh, so gave them a lift home. That's very, you're a very nice man, aren't you, Chris? That's basically the, what this podcast is trying to prove that I'm a nice man. Yeah, you need a podcast to prove it. You can't just like be a nice man. You need a podcast to prove that you're a nice man. That don't just get angry because you said absolutely four times. Yeah, that's what fine. I'm feeling right now. You're, I thought you're it was angry. three, but okay. Um, but it's th- three plus when you said absolutely to. Well, when you said I can't believe I said absolutely. Oh, okay. So you're including that. Fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. We'll move on. Uh, I feel like it's a, it's a good chance now to move on to the quick fire questions, Chris. Um, uh, the quick fire <laughs> questions. I still think there should be a. Pew, 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 uh, I still haven't put them in. in. Um, no, you soon. might. You might be lucky. This might be the time um, okay. where they go in. It won't be, but it could be. Okay. Well, so onto the quick fire questions. I'll have to pause there for you to put it in when you edit it later on, just in case. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of you there. Uh, so, uh, Mark, uh, your number one tip for hiring a, uh, a DJ for your wedding. Book early. Book early. And I think that often goes with a, a lot of supply. I mean, I think, I think it's crazy. I mean, I'm a member of quite a lot of the kind of local wedding Facebook groups. And whenever I see someone looking for a DJ, I'll always tag Mark. And Mark's response is always, I'm booked. I think he told me you, uh, early in the week he's got a couple of Saturdays off in January. Yes, I have. Uh, but other than that, for the next year... Uh, and I think, did you have a holiday as well for, for April? Oh, we've got a holiday for April, yes. Uh, other than that, every Saturday is basically gone. So not just for Mark, but I think with a lot of supplies, book early is a, is a great bit of advice. Yeah, great advice. Um, and you, you listeners are in for a treat now because next couple of questions are just going to get some golden answers here. Uh, Mark, your favourite wedding story. And I, I think we can go juicy on this, can't we? Oh yeah, I feel like they should. I mean, when you've got twenty-eight years of experience, <laughs> you can go really juicy. Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep it sort of clean. Um, it, it has to be the uh, room that got a little bit too friendly with the mention of honour in the middle of the dance floor during the evening party. Just oh why? <laughs> well, just yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's going above and beyond the call of duty, right? <laughs> uh, okay, moving swiftly on. Uh, your worst thing that's happened at a wedding, and it has to be one of the things you were telling us beforehand. Because oh my god, <laughs> are you referring to the first dance? Um, all, all the speech. Can we have both? Yeah, go for That's it. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel let's, like the let's, listeners let's need do, both of the these speech, stories now. No, we've got both now. Oh, so you mentioned okay. both. Okay. Um, during the speeches, the groom got up to do his speech and started by asking everyone to reach under their chairs and remove the umbrella from under their chair, which they all duly did. He then asked them to open the envelopes. Inside was a photograph, and the first line out of his mouth was. That's right, that is my new wife with my best man last night. Enjoy the rest of the party, I'm off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amazing. It's, and 
first aunt story. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fairly normal when we go to introduce the first aunts that the bride and groom can't be found. They're either at the bar, they're in the toilet, and a lot of the times they can be found in the bridal suite. On uh, one particular occasion, we couldn't find the groom, and yes, we did find him in the bridal suite with his best man. All <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it just it just defies belief. I like this just disastrous. I think that's that is, oh dear. That's just crazy. Yeah. Moving swiftly on, uh, your number one general wedding planning tip. Obviously, you said about booking early after the flight for everyone, but kind of a general wedding planning tip as well. A general wedding tip. <sighs> You're booking professionals for a reason, so don't be too restrictive. With, especially from my point of view, don't be too restrictive with the type of music to be playing. We, we hopefully have the same goal, and that is for you and your guests to go home having had a good night. If you're going to put restrictions on the music, then that's not always going to happen. I think that I'm hearing that as take on board your wedding supplies advice because they've got a lot more experience than this is your first wedding I've been to hundreds yeah so yeah. it's like yeah happy to have your ideas and input but also listen and take on board the advice that the supplier's going to give you um, and that moves on to our random question if you only hear one song again for the rest of your life it's going to play on loop forever you can turn it down to a certain extent you can always hear it what would that one song be I, this is going to be complete. It is a very, very random question, and it's going to be a very random song as well. Okay. Uh, it is actually White Queen as it began from Queen's second album. Well, <laughs> there you go. What is random? Yeah, yeah, that is that is random for sure. Uh, and Jack, I mean, um, I'd probably have to go with Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. Okay. Uh, do I, I don't have to answer, do I? No, you don't need to. If you want to, you can. So I, I think I'd probably go for something like uh, the full album version of Shine On You Crazy Diamond because it's 18 minutes long, Mark? Yeah, like, yeah, parts 1 to 7, 18 minutes. So, so it's 18 minutes, so it's not like you're going to hear the same bit over and over again. And it also has some extended appearances of, kind of silence as well. Yes. So there would be actually a, a break from it as well, not that I don't want to. It was on forever, and it's got a lot of variety in speed and tone and stuff like that. So that is what I would go for, uh, and that wraps up today's show. It does it not, Jack? It does indeed. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, Mark. If people want to find out more about you, uh, what, where can they go? Uh, they can find me online at pegasusdisco.co.uk, uh, also on Instagram and on Facebook. Chris, hi. Oh, if you want to know where you can find me? Yeah. Uh, it's chrispiercymagic.co.uk Piercy is spelled P-I-E-R-C-Y Also on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter But like Jack, I'm not really on Twitter And Jack, where can they find you should they I don't know why they would, but no Should people want to find out more about me You can go yeah. to theluxurymagician.com uh, You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, the Luxury Magician uh, Or you can find me on Instagram at jbristermagic you can't. You can find me on Twitter, but as I said before, you will never see me tweet because I don't know how Twitter works. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I should say again, oh, we nearly forgot. Um, if you want to find out where you can subscribe to the podcast, I'm going to run through them, but we'll forget some again, I imagine. But you can find us on uh, Apple.
Apple, on iTunes, uh, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Amazon Alexa, and on some other places as well, I think. Uh, basically, wherever you like to listen to your music, search for us. You can subscribe there. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again, or you will hear from us again tomorrow. Uh, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Yes Do I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes Do I Do Podcast.